ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I, of course, am Mr. Warren Hayes, uh, and uh, this is a podcast about professional wrestling. We're going to be talking about professional wrestling here uh, for the next two hours or so, right here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, or in your favorite podcast application. It is October 24th. In fact, let me rephrase that. I am recording this on October 24th. You're probably going to be listening to this on October 25th, but I appreciate you popping in, joining, listening, however way you're doing it. Thank you so much. If you're listening to this on YouTube right now, consider leaving a like and a subscription as well. I'm also on YouTube Music if you're subscribed to that and you enjoy using the service. There's a great way to consume the podcast there as well, right on YouTube Music. This is brand new, brand spanking new, so take the time to check it out. I would appreciate it a great deal. Uh, and if you're listening to this on, um, and if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application, five star reviews on Apple Podcasts, five star ratings on Spotify, also help grow the channel tremendously. And you know what? Speaking about new things, you might want to check uh, in the description of this video. Uh, I'm beta testing with YouTube. They 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 added me to their to their testing uh, groups. Uh, we're beta testing quizzes embedded into the video so within the first hour of the video here um i'll be dropping maybe one or two quizzes uh that you can find in the description of the video you scroll down a little bit or you thumb up on your uh, on your phone your device and uh and open up the description you'll find the questions there for the quiz along with the timestamp where this where, where where that i'm referring to at the same time so check that out give it a try i mean you know and let me know what you think about the quiz feature as well, because then I will return that feedback to YouTube. I've already got some some thoughts that I want to share and I want to gather more information. So if you want to help out on that end, hey, that'd be awesome. Uh, join the Mr. Warren Hayes Show Discord. The link is in that same description as well. So if you want to come and join us and keep talking about pro wrestling, that would be fantastic. Um, this Saturday, I'm doing a little something special for Halloween. I'm going to be streaming myself playing a video game, something I've never really done before, but I want to give it a try. I wanted to do something special for Halloween, and I'm going to be playing a, a, a Halloween-themed game, of course, called The Quarry. It's one of these games that uh, that has a lot of choices right it's a it's very choice based as opposed to shooting it's not a it's not a first person shooter it's not it's choices there's stuff happening it's like watching an interactive movie i guess um and the quarry is uh is the it's basically an 80s slasher film so i'm excited to try that out join in with the with people who uh, the community who come in and join me live on stream so that we can make goofy decisions together and whatnot. Just have a good time. I'll be doing that this Saturday. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, uh, on the channel on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, you'll see uh, there's um, the, the, the live event has already been scheduled. So set a reminder and uh, be sure to join me on Saturday for that. Come and say hello for Halloween. That'll be great. Um... Other than that, what, look, uh, we got a busy show, per usual. Lots of, look, a lot of little news bits. We're going to be talking about CM Punk. Yeah. We're going to be talking about NWA. Yeah. We're going to be talking about Ring of Honor Final Battle. Uh, going to be reviewing Impact Bound for Glory 2023. Spoiler alert. Great show. Going to be reviewing AEW Battle of the Belts 8. Spoiler alert. Bad show. And a little preview of New Japan Strong Fighting Spirit Unleashed, which is happening this very weekend so uh i think that pretty much covers it let's get right to it the weekly wrestling inspection is here
So, um, so earlier the, the, this, uh, well, a couple of days ago, right? I think I don't quite remember. I think it was last Thursday or something to that effect. We had found out. We had heard because things started to leak in regards to the big uh, impact Bound for Glory show that Ace Steel was had been brought in as a producer uh, to work Impact Wrestling. And uh, uh, so that was something that uh, that immediately everyone started perking their ears up and go, oh, oh, look at this. He's in Chicago and so on and so forth. And, and it, apparently he's been hired. Apparently he's working for Impact now. It wasn't like a tryout or a one-time thing. He, uh, he absolutely... Uh, he's uh, he's apparently under contract now and working for the company. So you know, a lot of people went and put uh, one and one together and were like, okay, what about old uh, Punker? What about old CM Punk? What about old CM Phil? What about old Pepsi Phil? What about old Phil Brooks? What is he doing? He's probably he's probably got something to do around here, right? Um, you know, it was it was linked it was leaked I should say that. CM Punk hung out backstage at Impact this weekend. Now maybe you're sitting here, you're going, you're going, you're going on, you're 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 sitting around and you're scratching your head and you're like, Warren, why are we talking about CM Punk again? Look, I I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times. You know, this we will always talk about CM Punk on this podcast. Always, always, always. The the world of wrestling is more interesting with him doing shenanigans that is unquestionable we've been over this but just just in case you're new i just want to make that make make that clear so we get a little we get a little snippet here and a lot of people you know even before it was leaked were like oh maybe he'll show up at bound for glory could you imagine right and it got a lot of people to think about it right you know hey do you think he might uh, might do uh, impact and so on and so forth and you know I don't think he will. And I think the I don't think he will. I think the next move he does, he wants to do it to stick it to Tony Khan. I think that's that's the that's what he wants his next move to do. From everything, all of the very public behavior that we have seen over the over the years in regards to CM Punk, I think it's Fairly safe to assume that his next big move, whatever he decides to do, it is something that will stick in Tony Khan's craw. And I don't think going to Impact, showing up in the Impact Zone, you know, look at this hair tonight. Um, I don't think showing up in the Impact Zone is going to be something that will be sticking it to TK. Um, no disrespect to Impact or, you know, yes, we'll, you know, we'll get to the name change soon. We'll talk about that very soon when we do the the uh, Bound for Glory review. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think going to Impact would be perceived as that big of a, of a deal. And in fact, and these are just, this is just perception, right? I don't think he would be, I don't think the move would be perceived as a big deal. <laughs> What's Julio De Niro's ex-partner doing back in the impact? 
you know, like I don't think I don't think it would be that big a move. I think a lot of people will be like, oh, he's going to the minor leagues, whatever, you know, which is which I understand. All a question of perception, optics, right? I, I'm enjoying Impact Wrestling these, you know, I've been enjoying it for the past most of the year, actually. Um, and, uh, you know, as you know, you know, I review the I've been reviewing the shows here. But, um, you know, he look, he could go. Here's why I think he might go. Like on one hand, I think he won't go. But if he were to go, I believe it would be in a in a position where he wants to stick it. Uh, I said that already. Where he wants to rehabilitate. Just follow your notes, Warren. Where you have to <laughs> rehabilitate. His, he wants to rehabilitate his image, right? He just wants to, you know, go back into an environment and uh, and wrestle and not be problematic. You know, kind of maybe show the WWE, right? Because ultimately we know if he truly wants to stick it to Tony Khan, that's what he's going to do. He's going to go back to WWE and Tony Khan's going to tweet through it and, uh, and you know, it's going to be a good time for all. And, um, but I think that's what he's, you know, I think if he, if he does go back, I think if he, if he did go to, to 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 Impact, excuse me, it'd be to really rehabilitate his image, show to WWE, you know, hey, look, I worked really well with all of the wonderful people of Impact Wrestling. You know, the the locker room issues were all on AEW side. Look at me. I just want to wrestle, which is something that he had been saying upon his return to uh, to AEW, if you remember correctly, right? He had been saying. You know, I just want to wrestle. I want to, you know, wrestle with the new guys and I want to put over, you know, so on and so forth. So, you know, put, you know, there's a, there was a bit of a situation where the, here where it's like, put your money where your mouth is, Philip. And, um, you know, if you want to wrestle, go wrestle, go wrestle anywhere. I, I, you know. That might be, it's, you know, I, it, those are the two sides to it. Let's put it that way that I see here. And, you know, you know, as, you know, as we're mentioning, in the, as it's mentioned in the chat, you know, it's like, you know, it, it, it you know, they'll probably have to mortgage the house to, <laughs> to, to hire CM Punk for like, maybe even like two or three appearances. You know, obviously his price is very up there and that's uh, most likely something that is keeping him from, uh, from signing on, um, but you know, frankly, if the impact locker room is is tight, as we are led to believe, if if it is very tight, very chill, very cool, a good place, a good environment, why on God's green flat earth would you dare to bring in, you know, a a a, a disruptive element like CM Punk? Like, why would you even try to do that? You know? There, there, you know, there's that little bit of, there's that little bit of, uh, of, of stuff where it's like, do you as, as a company take the risk? Or, you know, because here's the, here's the thing. What, what is his value? 
CM Punk at this stage, right? What what would be his value? Comes in, uh, ratings boost, right? You get you get everyone tuning in. You get a whole bunch of new eyeballs there uh, onto uh, Impact. But then what happens when he goes? You know, it's not unlike when Kenny Omega was working Impact. You know what? Two years ago, eighteen months ago, uh, and he was showing up there. Remember, you know, the first few matches, the first few appearances, people would tune in and, you know, pop tremendous ratings for for Impact. And uh, I don't think they really retained all that many people, right? I think people really did tune in to, to see, to, for the, you know, the curiosity of, of, of seeing Kenny Omega on the show and what is he going to do next kind of thing. And Punk, well, I mean, it's, in, it's inevitable. He goes to this company... He shows up on a random Thursday night. You're going to want to, sh- you know, take a look at what's happening. You're going to you're gonna tune in, but are you going to stay? Are you going to remain a watcher? And how much can CM Punk really move as far as numbers? Because right now, and you know, look, on the show itself, right? We don't spend tons of time talking about TV ratings And there are places out there that will provide you with excellent uh, analysis when it comes to uh, TV ratings and the business of of, of sports television as well, such as WrestleNomics, of course. But, you know, I still follow, I still look at the ratings because I'm interested in this aspect of it. You know, just, and I think it's important to, to, to stay aware of it. As it stands right now, since CM Punk has left, what am I saying? Was fired from AEW, um, Collision has pretty much been in the ratings environment that he was in while he was still in the company. Since, of course, the you know the first episode is the first episode. You, you know, you'll probably not be able to achieve that level of of, of rating success on a regular basis again moving forward you know so that was something special but everything after sort of tapered off in that space in this environment that collision has been in ever since punk was fired and you know did what he did at Wembley and the uh, subsequent uh, events that uh, followed uh, leading us into uh, all uh, out uh, 2023 So I like I don't I think he's you know I had you know we had spoken about this in the past and I wrote an article about it on Voices of Wrestling you know I think there's I think CM Punk is diminishing returns and he is heavily diminishing returns um I think he I I think he jacks up you know he'll he'll get the curiosity ratings bump he'll get the you know the oh let's go take a look let's have a little look see but I don't know if the if he's a guy who can sustain it because Collision's doing fine without him. Collision's, you know, for for the Saturday night, I, I can't imagine uh, Warner Bros. Discovery being uh, upset with uh, the performance of the show so far. And we've you know we started to notice the patterns of you know when there's a was a w when there's a WWE PLE that eats into the viewership tremendously. So we know now that when WWE has something on a Saturday night, it's just going to chew away at the competition. That's fine. 
everything else has pretty much been it's pretty much been the the you know the same it hasn't really changed much so i don't know like You know, it's the same kind of argument that I have in regards to WWE as well, you know, and maybe, and you know, WWE, this is, you know, wild, it's a wild thought to have, but WWE has even less reason to want to bring CM Punk into the company, at least right now, uh, than Impact Wrestling, because, you know, they have the perception of being on fire. They have the perception of being, you know, the top show and everything like you know they're doing everything well and you know doing great business which they are you know i'm not trying to be facetious here um you know in the locker room you know everything's all set up why would you come and throw this wild card into the mix this tremendous wild card right uh i'm not saying that it'll never happen I'm not saying it won't happen uh you know they still might find a spot to negotiate and have an appearance at uh, the Survivor Series this year, which are in Chicago, right? So that, you know, they might. I I actually think they might pull the CM Punk card when uh, they're, um, when they're, uh, 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 when their stuff is up. Uh, when their, 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 their ratings start to, to, to drop, you know, when business starts to struggle a little bit, that's when they call old Phil. They say, hey, CM why don't you come work where we got an opening for you now? Uh, creative's got something for you. So I, I look, I, I feel like what is CM Punk's space? What is his spot now in 2023? You know, it's a guy who came in, who returned, I should say, from, you know, a self-imposed exile. You know, we've likened it to the, you know, the, you know, the, the, the prodigal son coming home, the Messiah, whatever you want to call it, you know, but the guy who essentially represented the hardcore fans disdain with WWE programming finally returns and the monopoly finally returns. He's part of the company that in extremis was he, that he helped build in extremis i should say and uh and then he just fires it all to hell and 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 does what he does best which is you know walk out angrily with grudges burning bridges you know a lot of the good faith that he had when he returned evaporated and you know from from myself as well i was very excited for his return look we're not going back down that road again the point i'm trying to make here is that now that as contemporaries you know i in this modern age of pro wrestling where you know maybe the newer fans who had uh only heard of these legends of cm punk you know now that they've lived through them do they want him back? Do they want do they want him in their WWE? Or do we want him at all? What is his value? What is, what is legitimately CM Punk's value 
now in 2023. Quick, quick business boosts for sure. But sustainably, sustainably, you know, injury prone, um, temper prone. <laughs> they, there's a lot that can go wrong. Um, I, look, I can't deny that there'd be some, some, you know, there'd be a, a business uptick, but it'd be very, very high at the start, and uh, and I don't think it, I don't think it's sustainable. Is what I'm trying to say. I don't think it is sustainable. Did you hear that everyone's favorite promotion, the one that everyone follows religiously, the National Wrestling Alliance, has signed television deals, or at least reportedly has signed two television deals with the CW network? That's right. That's right. You can't, uh, you can, look, let's just, let me read the article here off of uh, the Observer uh, Figure 4 uh, online, uh, if you don't mind, if that's okay with you. Um, Billy Corgan teased uh, last week, um, that, well, this actually, look, this all came down on October 18, which was on, which was last Wednesday. So the day after I record, of course, you know, some juicy news drops on a day that I can't cover it properly. So this is why we're talking about it here. Uh, the NWA reportedly signed uh, uh, is reportedly heading to the CW network here. Billy Corgan teased last week during an appearance on Busted Open Radio that his promotion had recently signed with a quote-unquote top 20 network. And according to a report from House of Wrestling, both television deals are with the CW and an official announcement is coming relatively soon. Um, I had uh, I had heard about this months ago wasn't sure if there was any credence to this but um here's the idea here the the, the so you know the, the deal apparently is for two shows it is believed that one of the two deals is for the rights to the wrestling show nwa power and the other is for a reality tv series based on what happens behind the scenes uh and that would actually I'm not sure if it's, you know, it's already, the production has already been done or if it's like currently in production and wrapping up. Like apparently this had been going on for, I've heard that this had been going on for a while. That we had these cameras following people around for a reality show, you know, want to maximize on that Tyrus, that big Tyrus retirement Gonna get, gonna get, gonna get all the feels on that one. Gonna get everyone like all sobbing. <laughs> what a great man! <laughs> the memories. At least we have the memories. That's the problem that we have the memories. <laughs> um. And um. And yeah, so that that so that's. That's interesting. Um, you know, my own feelings about the NWA aside, uh, I think it's tremendous that we can get more wrestling on television. I think it's I think it's a tremendous, uh, tremendous thing. Um, it's um, yeah. 
more wrestling is a good thing because everyone benefits. You know, and if 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 Billy can get on TV, and you know, I'm not surprised because you know, at Billy had been going after YouTube for months at this point. You know, just tearing at its business model. You know, saying how shitty it is and uh, so on and so forth. So you know, I think he had this deal in the can for a while, uh, and now they're they, they're finally ready to announce it. And um, you know, I'm kind of excited at the idea of of more TV because listen, the more wrestling we get on TV, and the better it performs, the better it is for everyone. It makes you know, I can only I can only hope that NWA Power on CW, let's say does well, generates good ratings, and creates another spot where guys and gals can go to wrestle and make a decent payday out of it, right? Um, NWA, we've talked about this as well, this, you know, is, an, is, is an important part of the North American wrestling ecosystem. You know, Corgan wants to push it. You know, he wants to make it a, a big TV deal, and that's fine, I, and I'm okay with that, and he should absolutely, you know, maximize his investment and whatnot. Um, but, you know, look, we've got two major league uh, wrestling shows on TV right now. You know, a 40-year-old stalwart and a four-year-old startup. Uh, you've got the NWA coming back. You've got Impact, you know, on Access. This, these are all positives for everyone in pro wrestling and even as a fan. Uh, you know, an MLW is part of that ecosystem as well, where guys and gals can just go to these places, uh, you know, can go to these places to move up, you know, hone their craft, make some more contacts, work in front of cameras, so on and so forth, different environments, and move up to hopefully one of the larger promotions. Uh, you know, on the opposite side, uh, some of the people who get cast off from the larger promotions for whatever reasons, still have places to go work and where they can still make a buck. We'll have a few examples of those a little later on. So it's important for this ecosystem that NWA sticks around and it's, you know, by it getting some television, it will only solidify its spot and improve it, make it better. Can only hope that the TV will be as good as powers, right? Which... We're well produced, well put together shows. Don't you know? It's fine. So at the very least, you can hope that, and you can hope that it can get better numbers. Because look, if it starts getting better numbers, more people tune in. You know, you get more ratings. If 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 the suits and all of these and all of these in all these environments start seeing that pro wrestling draws ratings as live programming and whatnot, well. Everyone benefits. WWE, AEW, everyone on the chain benefits. And of course, the wrestlers who can stand to make more money. Why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you want that for your for your favorite pro wrestler then? So you see, like, this is, it, it, it's all fantastic. Um... Because I'm, I'm very much a proponent for more wrestling. We, you know, I get, I, 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 you know, it's a theme here where I don't understand anyone who complains about 
there being too much pro wrestling. Hey, hey, everything pro wrestling is here. Our boy Conrad from the Everything Pro Wrestling Podcast. Nice to see you, Conrad. Welcome. But I don't understand why people complain about that. Because I saw it again this week. And I made a note of it on the old blue sky. Because I'm there very active. Well, very. More active. And, you know, I saw, I you know, opened up a, a discussion over there on the blue sky. About, about it. It fascinates me. When I see people complain. When they say there is... Too much wrestling. I don't understand. Like, I, I, I don't understand as, as a fan why you'd complain about that. Like, if you love something, don't you want more of it? Don't you? I, and, and, and even if you don't, even if you're like, hey, you know what? I'd like to watch more, but I don't have time or whatever. And that, which is absolutely okay. You know, no one expects you as a fan to watch everything. You can be like, well, you know, there's choices for everyone. Whatever the fuck. You can, at the very least, you can still stick to your, to what you really like, right? At the very least. Then I see bozos. Like, people who work covering wrestling for a living, you know, who do this as their job, complaining. There's way too much wrestling. When this is their job, where they have websites or they have writing gigs or whatever the fuck, or podcasts, there's too much wrestling. That blows my mind though. That absolutely blows my mind. If your job is when you, if you make a living out of out of covering pro wrestling you should be rubbing your hands together and going here's the gravy train now's the time to get on board and 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 maximize the number of the amount of coverage we can do because then that'll mean more clicks and I will be able to pay back my loan to have started when I started up this business or whatever I like I don't understand it it just means more money it means more, more stuff for you to do. It makes you more relevant. And yet we're going to sit here and we're going to bitch that there's too much. Look, just come out, just come out and say it. The, I, I think I, I would have much more respect. I would have much more respect for someone who says that, who says there's too much pro wrestling out there right now. I would have much more respect if just they came out flat out said, I wish there was only WWE still. At least. You're not pretending, you're not making up a problem. You're not creating an issue. You know, it's like a few months ago when I was tugging my hair out of my head where people would go on the Tony Khan media calls and say, wow, Tony, 11 matches? You know, have you ever thought about doing less or whatever? I'm like, who cares? Like, this is not too much wrestling, too many wrestling matches is not a wrestling fan concern. And I will always say this. This is a content creator concern. It is a journalist concern. It is a website owner concern. It's something that's made up by people who objectively don't like all the wrestling, which is fine, 
but are trying to make an issue, trying to create a, a thing that there's too much wrestling because it's not the wrestling to their taste. They, they'd prefer to just cover WWE. Well, go, go ahead and do it. Just t- be upfront and tell me right out the gate, look, my website is going to just cover WWE now because I don't want to pay staff more to cover this and that. And and besides, I'm getting, they're the biggest in the world, so I'm getting all the clicks, which is true. Like I can, I am convinced that a site, let's say that runs only WWE news versus only New Japan news. I'm convinced that the WWE site will be much more, uh, will make a lot more money faster than the New Japan only site. I would assume so. Like I said, these are these are made up issues that fans don't care about, and I will be goddamned if I sit here and I start telling you all, "Wow, listen, there's really, you know, they should really shorten the shows and whatnot." And you know what my main complaint was about one of my main complaints. About WrestleMania this year is that there's too much bullshit. Get to the fucking matches. I get it. I get it. It's, but it's not even a thing with 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 WWE. They did it at fucking uh, what was it? Payback, the last one, that that mediocre one that they that they did, the John Cena LA Knight tag team match. And they're doing all the the big entrances, and everyone's taking their time. I'm like this is this is a B side this is like you know this is a a a a a b pay-per-view but yet we're pulling out all the pageantry who fucking cares get to the fucking matches i watch an AEW pay-per-view that's what i gotta get back to back to back to back matches there's no bullshit they're not they're not wasting my time same thing with bound for glory this weekend because there's a difference because you know I, I just saw this in the chat here and I want to make sure that this this gets addressed. I hope I'm addressing it properly. We're, we're, you know, it's like a three-hour Raw does not contain three hours of wrestling, right? That's not, it's not a question of there's too much wrestling. I think there might be too much bullshit. Plus, you don't have to watch everything. You as a fan, you don't have to watch everything. Even myself. <clears throat> and again, just want to underscore this because I say this every time. I don't do this for a living. So I'm not dependent on, you know, memberships on, uh, you know, on the YouTube channel or, you know, ad revenue. <clears throat> I'm not dependent on sponsorships to make a living. So I have all the freedom I want to talk about just whatever I want. And I know there's a lot of, there's websites and, 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 uh, you know, organizations that don't have that luxury because they have to pay the bills. They have to keep the lights on. They have to pay their staff by driving traffic to these sites or listening to their podcasts or sending them to their YouTube channel or their Twitch channel or whatever. So I understand that I'm speaking from a place of privilege where I say, cover whatever the fuck you want. I understand some people... Un- know that that's not the game and they have to do 
they have to do other things to make money. And so, so of absolutely, the fact that I I can give WWE a minimal presence on my uh, uh, on my podcast is a luxury that I can afford myself. Would it be the same thing if I were completely all in on this? Probably not. I'm not stupid. I know how things go. But you know, I have I I have this 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 possibility of doing it. So I understand all of this and I understand my position in all of it. But what I beg of content creators to, to do is not bitch because there's too much stuff to cover. When there's too much wrestling to cover, when you are in this business, making money, trying to carve a niche out for yourself, whatever you want to call it, an interviewer, a podcaster, a journalist, a, a recapper, a reviewer. Bitching that there's too much content baffles me. Baffles me. You don't have to watch everything. And you don't have to cover everything. But you've got choice. You've got all sorts, there's so many opportunities for you right now. I can't believe anyone is out there publicly saying there's too much wrestling. First of all, there's always been too much wrestling. The difference is that these days, because of streaming services, because of the internet, because of, it's so much easier to get wrestling from all across the globe, from independence, you know, five states removed from you to Japan, to England, to Mexico. It's never been easier. But there's always been this wrestling. There's always been this amount of wrestling. It's just so much easier to access now. There's so much more of it on, on cable television. And these are all net positives for an industry in which you are trying to work in, that you are trying to, that, 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 that you are involved in to try and make a living for yourself. There's so much rest. You should be happy. Instead of complaining. It's weird to me. I'll tell you something else. Talking about this, if the NWA works out, well, you know, there'll probably be even more. Like there's, I'm sure there's people who've groaned. We're like, oh, I'm going to have to cover NWA now that it's on CDW. You don't. Jesus. I'll tell you. If the Iron Claw, you know, the, the Von Erich film, the, uh, the, you know, the movie on the Von Erichs. If the Iron Claw is even remotely successful, there's going to be tons of wrestling movies that are going to follow. Because that's how, that's how Hollywood works. That's how entertainment works. Someone's going to try something. And if it's successful, the next thing you know, we're going to get a Mil Mascaras biopic. We're going to get, maybe we'll end up getting the Hulk Hogan biopic with Chris Hemsworth. Maybe we'll get the Vince McMahon one. The point is that we're going to get more and more of this, of wrestling stuff, if wrestling stuff starts to connect. You know, the the Iron Claw, from what I understand, minimal budget, like 20.6 million was the budget. Like, 
That is teeny tiny as far as 2023 Hollywood standards go. Mini, 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 mini. They make the if they make 50 million back, it's gonna be considered a success. People are gonna want more of those. People are gonna be like, oh shit. People really like wrestling biopics. Yeah, the Hogan biopic will be fluff, but that's not the point. You know, it absolutely will be. You know, they're not even gonna remotely cover the really juicy stuff but uh but the point being is that there's going to be more of those there's going to be more histories romanticized through film of pro wrestling if if this that's just how it goes entertainment rides waves we got to talk about this honor club stuff well not, not honor club but final battle Right, the next pay-per-view for Ring of Honor. It was announced that uh, it's going to be exclusively on Honor Club. This is the show that is happening on December 15 from the Curtis Colwell Center in Garland, Texas. I isn't. I think that's what they ran last year. Now, I don't know why a lot of people are surprised by this. Like this made news, tons of news yesterday. As when I'm recording this, I'm recording this on, on Tuesday, October 24th, uh, yesterday or the day before. And people said I was smug in for pointing this out in the Discord, but I'm still pointing it out. Because when they announced it, it was written in the graphic exclusively on Honor Club. But then uh, for some reason, someone picked up on it two days later and then it ran with it and then everyone ran with it, right? Doesn't matter. The state of it all. Um, but the but it turns out that the next so that um, final battle is not going to be on Fight TV. It's not going to be on pay per view. It's going to be exclusively on Honor Club. What does that tell us? Uh, something that you know, despite uh, despite not. Uh, being privy to any numbers per se, some any exact uh, 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 data, uh, we all assumed that subscriptions for Honor, for Honor Club were probably dropping, were very low, and this is a way to get an influx of uh, of new subscribers. No, but Warren, I don't want to subscribe to Honor Club for the month. Well, listen, I mean. I understand, but at the same time, you're getting a pay-per-view, a Ring of Honor pay-per-view for 10 bucks, 10 US dollars. Whereas, what were they? Like 30? Wasn't that about the price? I can't quite remember. And about that, $29.99 for, um, for, uh, for the Ring of Honor pay-per-views, something to that effect. So $40, I'm being told in the chat. Well, there you go. So as a consumer, this is a steal. Like, you know, you're, if you were going to shell out 40 bucks just for the one show, might as well shell out the nine bucks 
and get on the streaming service. And then at the same time, you'll have access to everything, the shows and past shows and whatnot. You know, I kind of think that this is indicative of the trend that we're seeing with uh, with streaming services now moving forward. Kind of started with the, the WWE Network being sunset and all that. Um, I think, uh, you know, because that's the look, look, here's the thing. Tony Khan is in a position right now where he wants, he needs more people to subscribe to ring to, uh, to, uh, to Honor Club. And he is ready to sacrifice a pay-per-view payday. You know, a what, like a 15 to 20,000 buys. He's ready to sacrifice that a fourth of the price to get people to subscribe to his service and then maybe hopefully, you know, have some retention, have some people forget. Oh shit, I forgot to, it happens to the best of us, right? Oops, forgot to, forgot to unsubscribe. Another $10 went, went through in honor club shit, you know, that's what he's hoping for. But that, I think, it, you know, it's, it's indicative, right? It's indicative to how precarious these streaming services are. Where it's like you if you don't have if you don't have the people, if you don't have the bodies subscribing, jumping in, joining, uh it's doomed to fail. And we're in a position right now where just just a couple of days ago I saw a report that um that I think over the past quarter over the past quarter has demonstrated the highest amount of churn amongst subscribers of the big streaming services in the United States, like Netflix and Apple TV and Disney Plus and all of that. And um, churn, of course, being people unsubscribing, right? The, the people leaving the service, churn. And uh, and it's, you know, the biggest recorded amount of, of unsubscriptions in in you know, since, since everything started. So you can, you can see people are just exhausted about this and that, you know, the, the fact that Tony feels that he has to, um, that he has to, uh, 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 give up some pay-per-views, give up some buys, probably some bigger money to get people on his service to keep that afloat. I think it's very telling. Now, I'm not going to pretend that I know, all of the intricacies of you know what what ultimately you pay out in fees to uh, to pay per view carriers you know whether it's cable providers whether it's Bleacher Report Fight TV of course all of these services charge a fee maybe they keep uh, you know something akin to you know a commission a little percentage that they hang on to uh, depending on the number of buys or whatnot but you know tony at the end of the day after you know uh after carrier services he doesn't keep the entire 100 percent. you know it's not he doesn't go home with the entire pie so maybe to him this makes a lot more sense maybe there's something that we don't see that makes a lot more sense than just the the optics of it of him dipping into his pay-per-view 
buys to send people to Ring of Honor, to Honor Club, I should say. Um, maybe there's something more to that. Maybe maybe it ends up the 10 bucks for Honor Club is more advantageous for him. Maybe that's what he ends up paying. It would be ridiculous. I don't think that's true. I think, I look, it's hard to imagine that cable operators and, and pay-per-view distributors online would take like $30 off of a, off of a, 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 um, a ring of honor pay-per-view buy. And Tony would only be left with 10. Like, I don't think that's logical. I don't think that makes sense. I really don't think it makes sense. You know, YouTube takes 30%, for instance, off of stuff that I, you know, off of what I make with, uh, you know, Super Chats and the like. They take a 30% cut. I, I can't imagine it would be higher than that for, you know, major broadcasts like this. I don't know. If you think about it, it you know, the, 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 the theory of, well, maybe, maybe it all evens out. You know, maybe he makes as much off of Honor Club as he does off of a pay-per-view. It doesn't make sense. But that's still where we're at right now. Now, there's a, there's a rumor going around that, uh, you know, I've heard this, that, uh, you know, uh, that AEW is uh, well, actually, P Pro Wrestling Insider is reporting this that AEW is looking to set up a pay per view on December thirtieth. Now, this is also maybe just maybe a, a a a another reason why uh why we're sending people to Honor Club to watch Final Battle so that they don't have to pay a premium AEW pay per view. And a premium Ring of Honor pay-per-view in the same month. I got two weeks apart, right? Right, because uh, Final Battle would be on December 15th. And the rumored pay-per-view for AEW would be on December 30th. If that's the thing that indeed happens. But I did, you know, the rumor is going around. And Tony does want to go to, you know, multiple pay more pay-per-views in the year. So... On that level, maybe he's saying to himself, well, we'll send people to Honor Club, boost up the subscriptions, they'll only pay $10, and then the bank won't be broken for the AEW pay-per-view. Could be a thing. Not paying premium price for two pay-per-views. So that could also be something that, that, that justifies going to Honor Club for, for this pay-per-view. You know, I also heard they wanted to run the Hammerstein, Hammerstein, I can't remember how you say it, I think it's Hammerstein, right, Hammerstein Ballroom, um, the Manhattan Center, which, I, you know, they, I, I think they wanted to, they wanted to run this for Final Battle, multi, like, the Hammerstein was like the home of Final Battle, so I think that's something they wanted, you know, I, Again, these are just very, very faint echoes that I'm hearing. You know, it's like that maybe AEW is going to end up running um, that AEW is going to end up running the, the the Hammerstein, you know, in December. And I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> that's really weird. 
Not that the Hammerstein is not a, a you know has no significance to wrestling fans, wrestling history in North America. But, um, you know, you're going from, it, it would be a strange affair to go to New York and run a room that, what, 2,200 people, 2,300 people can get packed in for a show? Like, it, it, it's not a fantastic venue for a big-time wrestling show. You know what I mean? It's not it's not a it's not that big for a big time for for a big time promotion for for a nationally broadcast promotion like this. I, I, just saying. But man, look, but as it stands right now, that's what we're doing. That's what uh, that's where we're heading. Final battle exclusively on Honor Club. As a consumer, you should be happy about that. You want to pay for it. So we'll see as we move along. Now, we're going to get into some nitty-gritty here. Now it's time to review Impact Bound for Glory 2023 which happened this weekend on October 21st from the Cicero Stadium in Cicero, Illinois. Standing room only, we were told. Apparently the place was jam-packed for this big-time show. And, um, well, I really, really like the show. I, I think right now, I think it's one of my favorite wrestling shows of the year. I thought it was a tremendous effort put on by everyone at Impact. Um, just some amazing stuff. From top to bottom. I've got no complaints. I, it's not true. I've got some quibbles. But um, but this was a very strong pay-per-view. Uh, I, you know, unquestionably, my favorite uh, Impact show of the year. Uh, and uh, and something, again, look, the formula is simple, minimal bullshit, in and out of matches, you're just running through, next thing you know, easy breezy, you're three, you're three hours into the show, and you're like, holy shit, this is wrapping up. This was a tremendous show, and, and a legitimate breeze to watch. I don't know if you've watched it, but I highly recommend it. Of course, like on any wrestling show, there's things I really like, things I love, things I didn't like as much. But, you know, nothing nothing that you're going to lose your mind over. And Impact is in a good spot again. and But it's been in a good spot all year, you know. I found, you know, what was the last... Oh, fuck, I can never remember their pay-per-view names. Was it Slammiversary, the last one? The last show they had, I thought it was... Uh, I'm like, man, are they are, are they out of steam? What are they doing here? But we got into this one here, and this one just delivered from top to bottom. Like, this was tremendous stuff. Um, and I've been telling you this most of the year as well. You know, I you know, I don't I don't watch the week to week for impact, but I don't miss the pay-per-views. Because I, I they have they they hit 
more often than they miss. And this was not only a hit, this was a home run. Started off with the uh, Impact X Division title match, of course. X Division should open the show where Chris Sabin successfully retained his title against Kenta. And I thought, I thought this was a pretty good opener. We uh we even had a version of Kenta who showed up to work, which 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 was good. And uh and you know, we get Chris Sabin, who, you know, he's always ready to work. He always shows up to work. Uh great stuff. Throughout the match, tremendous senton by Saban off the apron. Lands a crossbody as well. Uh, Kenta gets a big heat segment. Lands the draping DDT and the coup de grace, but um, Saban kicks out. Kenta motions to do the GTS in a really fun moment. He's doing, he goes, uh, 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 but he, he, he gives the double bird instead. And if, if Pepsi Phil was indeed backstage... Here's the question I have. If Pepsi Phil was indeed backstage, hanging out, did he go meet up with Kenta as Kenta was coming coming into the gorilla position after his match to ask him if he had a problem? Did he take a swing at Kenta? No, no, no. You could only do really obtuse references. That's what gets Phil mad. Anyway, Saban wins with the cradle shock. Good match. Good little match to open the show. I really enjoyed it. Now, this ma- this pay-per-view, before we move on to the next match, had a couple of matches on it where I was very apprehensive. I was a little worried about the quality of the match. I was like, oh man, this might stink. Like, I, you know, I had them circled. And one of these matches that had me a little angsty, a little nervous, was the Monsters Ball four-way match. But it turned out it was all right. Wouldn't say it was great. You know, I'm not, you know, Climbing up the walls telling you that this was a tremendous affair. But you know what? It was fun. Fun little match. Nothing that we will ever remember or speak of again. But I did not feel like I wasted my time here. PCO won it. Defeated Moose, Rhino, and Steve Macklin. PCO, who had been reported... And his time with Impact was coming coming to an end. And then today, and then he wins this weekend at uh, Bound for Glory. And then today, there's an entire thing where he's re-signed with Impact. So, okay. <laughs> As I wasn't expecting him to win, but he did. And good for him. And, you know, he takes his insane bumps. You know, he gets back body dropped over the top rope onto a, you know, a ladder uh, set up like a bridge like that can't none of that can feel good he sent tons off the table the turnbuckle the turnbuckle excuse me on onto the apron steve macklin in this match at some point he just destroys everyone and 
That's right. Steve Macklin is so good. This is a guy who has risen to the occasion every time. And he has become a, a real deal for this company. There's tax that are pulled out. There, the, you've got it like a you've got like a platform of cinder blocks on the floor. Because the the boring old exposed cement arena floor of the Cicero Arena is not enough for the monster's ball. No, we have to have cinder blocks. And on top of those, tax. Moose power bombs PCO on the tax and he misses. He gets a he gets PCO <coughs> like right on the edge of the symbol. He kind of he kind of flubbed the move. He, he, PCO landed too high up on his shoulders. It was a it was a bit of a gruesome one. I didn't I was like, come on, Moose, get your fucking act together. Especially, you know, considering that I don't care for Moose much. And then Bubba Ray. Bully Ray shows up, tosses Macklin off of the top rope onto a table. They've got beef. PCO wins the match. So, you know, again, I thought this was fun. But here's what I don't want you to think. I don't want you to think that this was like the greatest thing of all time. First of all, look. I don't know if you hear that in the background, but that is my dog Juno. Uh currently expressing expressing her discontent to something my my son is doing my son is probably trying to discipline her and she's being a hothead apologies for this for the dog noises um look i i have i have issues with moose that uh, that that are prevalent i don't like moose don't care for moose that's fine uh you know the whole pco p you know I've mentioned this multiple times. I'm I personally myself am done with PCO and the sick bumps stuff. I like I've seen them. We're you know, we've been through it. It's fine. I, I you know, I am ready to move on from PCO. He doesn't bring anything really to the table where I get where I get excited about and again, he takes tremendous bumps, but I'm like, okay, well, yeah, this, like, you're like, well, this, I, I'm expecting this at this point, right? And I don't understand, you know, there's a point where, there's a point where you really do ask yourself, do I need to continue mangling my body? Because, you know, probably he says to himself, this is all I've got left. This is all I can do because of my, maybe, you know, my body is already in this shape. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not suddenly going to become... You know, Brian Danielson out of nowhere. I understand. Rhino was in this match. I, I can barely remember anything Rhino did. Didn't jot anything down of note. But Macklin rules. Like, it's a fun little time. Nothing, nothing that'll make you angry. Nothing that'll make you, you know, stay up at night. For good or real. But um Moose right now, he's got the uh he's got the briefcase gimmick. He's got the feast or fired thing, the 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 title shot, right? That worries me. With this new era that we're about to get into. 
They're going to strap him up again. You know, he's a big deal in impact. I get it. But uh, he's a turnoff for moi. Couldn't care less. Uh, then we had a tremendous Impact World Tag Team title match where uh, the Bullet Club team of Ace Austin and Chris Bay, a also known as ABC, defeated the Rascals in a tremendous match. This ruled. Fiery opening sequence of double team moves by ABC and so do the Rascals as well. Trey McGill, neck breakers, uh, uh, Ace Austin, uh, uh, you know, off the apron. Austin later on uh, fires back and gets a Fosbury flop on the Rascals. Some tremendous, look, there's just tremendous sequences throughout this entire match. High octane and just like good tag team wrestling, like good, fun, dynamic, high speed tag team wrestling. Wentz accidentally sprays Miguel in the face, which allows the ABC to land their finisher for the for the one two three. And I was like, you know, and the you know the spray paint spot. You know, it's one of those spots where the guy goes and he keeps doing it, even though he's clearly realized that he's spraying his partner in the face. He's still doing it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, boys, just stop. Um, uh, and so look the Bullet Club guys are our tag team champions again I can't say this enough the the Ace Austin and Chris Bay as a tag team are tremendously underrated and underappreciated right now I think they're one of the, ta- the top tag teams top 10 tag teams in the world right now just absolutely remarkable stuff and I think they're really underappreciated, probably because of, um, probably because of you know where they're stationed right now, you know, impact and whatnot. I'm sure that has something to do with it. But every time these guys get into, you know, similar weight class, similar working styles, they just tear the house down. This was tremendous, an absolute barn burner, as they say, and. Um, you know, it was the same thing when they fought when they fight subculture, for instance. Just awesome matches. Well, but you know, they're world class wrestlers, both of these guys, top tier world class professional wrestlers, and uh, they can hang with the best of the tag teams out there right now. And there's a lot of tag teams who are on bigger shows in bigger promotions that can't lace these guys' boots. I really believe that. Great match. Then you want to talk about great matches? You want to talk about classics? You want to talk about match of the year contenders? Will Ospreay defeated Mike Bailey. Just tremendous, 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 tremendous match. This this was the match that was supposed to happen at WrestleMania weekend this uh, this year in March, um, and uh, Will Osprey got injured. Now we got it here, and it was outstanding. 
Just impeccable stuff. Just one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. Probably the greatest professional wrestler walking on earth today, hanging there with Mike Bailey, who has the work ethic and the skills to get it done and keep up. You know, we you know we talk about it quite a bit here. Will can get a can get a great match out of anyone, but then you want to take it to another level. There's a certain part that depends on you, and Bailey was able to respond here. If anything, this is a this is a, a icing on the cake situation in regards to how good Mike Bailey has become. And this one, look, they're they're in the ring, they're trading strikes and having you know landing big time moves on each other. And there's this this the final third of this match is just I, chef's kiss. Just amazing stuff. They have a tremendous kick exchange that ends with a hidden blade by Will Ospreay. Goes for the Oz cutter, gets countered by a code breaker from Mike Bailey. Ultima weapon lands for Bailey. He winds up to go with the windmill kicks, but Will Ospreay plasters him instead. Bailey wriggles out of the Stormbreaker with a Rana, does the standing moonsault, and hits the Meteor Rain which we had not seen in a long time, which is basically a, like a twisting fireman's, uh, not fireman's, but a twisting uh, um, uh, fisherman's suplex. Tremendous. Get a Styles Clash by Will Ospreay and the Tiger Driver 91. Had Bailey land on his, on his noggin. But Bailey can be put away with that. Well, a, a hidden blade and a stormbreaker will get it done. But amazing, tremendous, worth the hype. Go out of your way to watch it. Find it somewhere. This is uh, this was a, a, an all timer. And uh, you know, I if you can't. If you can't, uh, 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 if you want to make this a match of the year, go right ahead. Like for me, like if I were to give this rating, a rating, a five star rating, I would give this a four and three quarter. I can't, I can't go full five because it was just missing a little, a little something. Just a, and it's weird to say, but, but you know. So for me, it's not a match of the year. But if you want to call this a match of the year, put that on your list. Hell, I'm not going to argue with you. I get it. I see it. This match was amazing. And this is all happening, right? This is all happening while Will Ospreay is is talking about, you know, exploring every option for his uh, next big wrestling contract, right? He uh, he spoke to Pro- Sports Illustrated in the build-up to Bound for Glory last week. He says that uh, Impact is in the running of companies he could sign with when his uh, New Japan contract comes up in February. Um, 
here's uh, here's a quote from uh, from Osprey. The deal is up in Febru- February, and we're still in negotiations. I'm looking to explore every single option and every single avenue. Impact Wrestling is in the running for my next home. I'm willing to test the waters, so this match with, against Mike Bailey is a real treat for me, and I'm excited to do it, especially with what could happen next year. And he came out since saying that Impact is a tremendous place to work. He put he put the organization over big time. He put it over big time. And uh, so you know he's you know his free agency is coming up. And he is absolutely, you know, the most coveted pro wrestling free agent in the world right now. And he is looking at all options. He's looking at, you know, he's still negotiating with w- with New Japan. He said that as well. Of course, AEW is in the running. And he's keeping an open mind for WWE as well, right? Which he should. Because he wants... You know, he wants the most, uh, he wants the more money, the more, he wants more money. He wants to do, he wants to look after Will. I understand all of that. And it makes a lot of sense. Why wouldn't he? I'd probably do the same in his position. But, uh, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of drama around here. And look, here's the thing. He's talking about, oh yeah, oh, Impact is absolutely in the running and so is WWE. Look, Will is a worker and Will is a very good, he's a, you know, he's a worker and he's good at it. He's good. He's good at feeding information and he knows how these negotiations go. Oh, you drop a little tidbit here. You say something nice about this promotion over here. You just keep, the, you know, they keep the information flowing. You keep people guessing and you, this, you know, is stuff that your negotiators can all lean into when it's time to uh, when it's time to find a new home. Can be like, oh yeah, but uh, you know, he was really well treated at Impact and so on and so forth. Apparently, he secured the services of Barry Bloom, big time, uh, big time agent, well known for. Uh, for helping some of the biggest names in pro wrestling secure contracts, historically speaking, even recently. The Jacksons, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho. I mean, he's up there. He should get every penny he's worth. Funny because, you know, it was being reported saying, you know, he secured Barry Bloom because he wants to get the most money that he can. So then people are like, oh, so he's going to WWE then. So this means he's going to WWE confirmed. No, <laughs> that's not what that means. And it's a weird thing to say when you consider that Barry Bloom just renegotiated the contracts for the elite doesn't mean he's necessarily going to WWE. And I mean, look, if he does, he does. And 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 honestly, look, whatever whatever Will Ospreay wants to do for his career, for his family, he's been talking a lot about that as well. You know, he has, you know, uh, his, uh, you know, his, his his child now, his stepson. I get, I don't know how you call that exactly. It's you know, it's his friend's kid and. 
I guess it's his son straight up, right? Uh, and his, uh, you know, his uh, his new girlfriend. He wants to set them up. He wants to be a good provider. He wants to make sure that everyone's all set. You know, what does he... What does, uh, you know, whatever Will Ospreay wants to do is best for Will Ospreay, right? Now, speaking as a fan, I, of course, would be very sad for him to go to WWE because that means uh, I won't see him as much. You know, I will I will not be seeing him as often. Um, it also means that he'll be shut off from working any other date anywhere for any other promotion than the Fed. So again, like that's always part of Will's charm, you know, to, you know, show up at the, at the most, at the oddest places. You know, don't forget, like, you know, he went and wrestled Nick Wayne that one time in GCW, right? Because he's Nick Wayne's favorite wrestler. So, I mean... As a fan, kind of hope he does it. But I also understand if he does. This is, a, this is a man who has put his body through massive wear and tear. Like massive wear and tear. And we've all sort of expected, we all sort of expect a level of physical investment in a Will Ospreay match, right? As fans, as wrestling fans, we sort of expect them to do Certain things, let's put it that way, uh, which aren't always necessarily ideal for his body, especially if it's banged up. So if he hits the bricks to WWE and starts working the house style, he doesn't have to work as hard. We WWE fans don't care about the work rate. As long as Will has something that they can chant to or dance to or sing along with, he'll be fine. They don't really mind about the work rate. They don't need him, you know, doing crazy ass, you know, final sequences like he did with Mike Bailey. It feels like this tour that he's on right now, everything that he's doing, like from Royal Quest and going to Impact and doing all of it, it feels like there's there's something very farewell-ish about it. You know, there's something about it where it's like, ah, uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I got I to gotta try and squeeze out as much as I can here. Wrestle all the, wrestle all the people that I want to wrestle before I get chained up kind of thing. Maybe. I'm not saying that, that that's it, but it does feel that way. And adds credence to him going to WWE. So, you know... If he does, good for him, because I'll be I'll be sure that he's making gobs of money. Then I'm sure you know you're you know you're right there listening to me right now. You're shaking your fist and you're like, Warren, he's AEW, don't worry. I don't know. Like I, I honestly don't know when it comes to Will. I really don't know. I don't I can absolutely see him doing the WWE thing, and I can absolutely see him caving in and going to AEW. And he said, I think it's a he was quoted, I believe, today saying that he'd be willing to relocate, right? Wasn't it today or oh, look? Time is a wibbly wobbly. So, so maybe uh, Will has, maybe Will has something here 
where he where he's he's just you know again angling to make the most money and maybe AEW you know maybe AEW doesn't seem as as sure as a bet as it was and you know quite honestly I don't even know if AEW is the best place for him either not with the way not with the way things have been are have been booked over you know not necessarily for him but overall in the past like 18 months or so the past year to 18 months you know there's been some very very high spots but there's wow these days creative is uh woo woo yeesh hinoosh flumchum <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on in a in in aw right now you know weird booking decisions and strange patterns and tony has his, his weird ass patterns right So I, I honestly don't know. You know, you with AEW, you know he'd probably have a little more freedom to do other dates, so on and so forth. Maybe he he'll he can work less dates, but like creatively speaking, as far as his push goes, as far as Will Ospreay, international superstar, uh, you know, guaranteed Hall of Famer, absolute wrestling legend, Will Ospreay. Going to AEW, I don't think, I don't think it's it's as it's as um it's as much of a shoe in as you think it might be. Look, look at how they handled Jay White's arrival, right? Because Jay White, look, maybe they're not on the exact same level of ultra superstardom, but Jay White is a superstar, and there was a bidding war for him, and he just came in and he was. They had him involved with Sean Spears, okay? Jay White, multiple time, IWGP, heavyweight champion. Grand Slam IWGP champion, by the way. Main evented in the Tokyo Dome, in Madison Square Garden. Jay White. They bring him in and they put him in a program where Sean Spears is involved. That is booking malpractice. So again, I'm not super... Look, Will is on another stratosphere. There's only one stratosphere. He's on another uh, level of air of the planet that doesn't roll off the tongue at all. You know, he, he, he's on a completely different level from everyone else. I think we all agree on this, right? I just don't know if AEW is that safe. Two years ago, to me, there was no doubt. Will Ospreay rise in AEW and like, it's gold. At this point, I'm not saying that it'd be terrible, but I'm a little more, I'm not as confident about that. Not as confident in telling you it's going to be the perfect landing space for him. I'd like him to go there because I watch AEW every week. I think it's the best week to week, you know, Dynamite is the best week to week wrestling television show, nonetheless. You know, that, that I'm, you know, despite its warts, its occasional. It's occasional uh, 
vignettes. It, despite its occasion, its occasional brochacho, Dynamite is still the best weekly wrestling television show, bar none. Um, so of course I would like Will Ospreay to be in an environment that I frequent. You know. And, you know, as you know, as Chad is pointing out, AEW probably means that he has a little more leeway to work dates and other promotions, go back to New Japan, work Britain. Like he's not locked into WWE, right? And maybe, <clears throat> maybe, just maybe, um, you know, maybe he's he'd be tied into plans with WWE. Look, this NXT Europe thing I keep hearing about. Is this the face of NXT Europe? Anyway, he's open to relocating to the US. He's He wants to make money for his kid. He could, you know, he could be just spewing all sorts of stuff just to get, you know, the fans riled up to get, you know, He's been in discussions, in, in 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 articles every other day, in the Observer, and you know Dave's been talking about him on you know on Wrestling Observer Radio. Like he's been a constant point of discussion, and he should be because he's the greatest wrestler walking on earth right now. He's the biggest free agent that pro wrestling has seen in a long, long time. And you know what? He might just sign back with New Japan too. Here's the, don't discount that. He just might. So we'll see. But uh, in the meantime, he's going around dropping these fantastic matches. We can't be mad. Great match. Check it out. Call your shot gauntlet match. Jordan Grace won that. She defeated a whole bunch of people. It doesn't matter. It's like, you know, it's a Royal Rumble. Only not as great and a lot more Bubba Ray. So, so you know, I'm not, I'm not too stoked about it. You know, what do you want from me? Let's talk about the surprises instead. Because there were some legitimate surprise entrants here that made it fun. Again, like I, I can't completely shit on it. Not completely. Because um, it's not my thing. And I, you know. Look. The surprises that showed up were legitimate, were legitimate surprises. First of all, Juventud Guerrera showed up. I was like, okay, good for him. Getting a booking. Old Juvie Juice coming off here using the, you know, still coasting off of the uh, that Chris Jericho match he had on Dynamite uh 16 months ago. <laughs> when was that? Yeah, the Juice, man. He was there, so that was fun. Um Matt Cardona also showed up. That was, uh, and he's, you know, doing his Indie King stuff. So, you know, not, uh, not doing any other gimmick. He's, he came in as Matt Cardona and was in there long enough to 
screw over uh, um, um, Meyer, Brian Myers, his friend, his action figure collector best bud. Um, yeah, unfortunately, that sucks, right? Right. But uh, no, that was good. That was a nice surprise. But I think the biggest surprise, I think the one that took everyone, that, that got everyone buzzing was Sunny Kiss showing up. Um, and um, good for her. I mean, that honestly, I hadn't really considered Impact. But when I saw Sunny Kiss there, I was like, she's going to fit right in. This is going to be, she's going to be tremendous in this in this environment because look impact is already a little more a little more loosey-goosey with the intergender stuff on their programming than you know a w or definitely you know wwe either or they you know they still shy away from it from it being like official competition yeah and i agree impact will be good for sunny and i hadn't realized until I saw her in that ring, I'm like, this is, this, she's going to thrive here. She's going to be in an environment that has no real boundaries, that isn't afraid to go down this route. And she'll be surrounded by, uh, by a, you know, as much as on the men's side than, or as much on the men's side as the women's side, just tremendous athletes who, and look, look, she had a spot with Bully Ray who essentially worked with her to pull her to put her over in, in front of the crowd. That was great. Like, I think she is going to thrive there. I think, you know, whatever was keeping Tony Khan from pressing, the, uh, pressing down on the gas and using Sunny Kiss and AEW, I don't think it's going to be a factor here. I, I really don't. It makes me happy. I think this is, I, you know, I don't see this uh, at all like a demotion. I legitimately see this as a, um, as an uptick, as a, uh, a career upswing. Going to be great for Sonny. I, I, I was really glad to see that. Uh, Jake something started off the, the gauntlet match and uh he lasted there the longest like uh for i don't know 72 hours or something that's kind of how long the match felt uh the final four were bubba ray jordan grace matt cardona and kylan king uh but ultimately uh the last two standing are jordan and uh and bully ray and finally jordan grace won the match by hitting the um by hitting the uh, the uh, juggernaut driver, there we go, on old Bubba for the win. So that's tremendous. Good for her, and that means she gets a she gets a shot at whatever she wants. So we'll see what uh, what she decides to pick then, as this uh, uh, I, because you know. The, as you know, the Impact World Title match has been held by a woman before. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what's up with uh, with Jordan Grace, but uh, good pick. I'm for it. 
Then we had the Impact Knockouts World Title Match where Trinity successfully retained her title by defeating Mickey James. And uh, this is, I yeah, I hate, I hate, I hate to say it, but uh, this was my low point of uh, this was my low point of the uh, of the show. And I kind of I, I hate you know I hate it because I'll tell you why I hate it because these are two uh, these are two pro wrestlers that I really like these are two pro wrestlers that I that I overall enjoy their work um, and I think are deserving of the spots that they're in I think they're but I. I Look, it's one of these matches, and I'm sure you've seen one of these before. It's one of these matches where I'm looking at the wrestlers going along, doing their thing, doing what they do best, right? Pro wrestling. And and I see what they're trying to do. Like I I look at them and I'm like, okay, they're trying to do this, they're trying, you know, they're trying to do these sequences, these in and out of moves, and so on and so forth, but it's not, it's not connecting. It's not working. And and that's where I, you know, I'm like, you should send in a coach to tell them to oh, stop doing this shit, you know? Like, you know, they want, you know, they want to do, I could see the opening, the, you know, the opening stuff where they're like, let's do, you know, what we see a lot of guys and gals do, you know, in and out of moves, smoothly connecting, transitioning out of grappling and into submissions and stuff like that. And, Look, Trinity is never going to be known for being a precision wrestler, you know. Uh, I th- And I think what they were trying to accomplish in this match required a tremendous amount of smoothness, which is not a forte of Trinity. She's She's always been a little rough around the edges, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, you know, so, you know, a little sloppy. I thought this match was sloppy, frankly, but it didn't come across well. When they were trying out these sequences, I'm like, yeah, see, I see what you're trying to do. I see, you know, it's like when you hear your kid, you know, practicing to play, you know, practicing playing, uh, you know, Pink Floyd's Money on the guitar for the first time. You're like, yeah, yeah I, I see what you're doing, but you know, it's not great. But you'll still give him a little pat on the back and like. Hey, good job, sport. Don't stop. Don't give up. Practice makes perfect, etc. And the audience didn't seem into this match either. You know, the biggest pop of this match came when Mickey James did the 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 V thing with her tongue. You know, the call back to the Tristratus stuff, and that was the biggest pop of the of the match. And Trinity lands head scissors into a starstruck for the uh, for the win. So I don't know. Wasn't, wasn't awful, wasn't, but it wasn't good, you know. But it wasn't, wasn't awful. What did I rate this? How much did I give this? Out of the belts, call your shot. I gave this two point five out of five. You know, average, mediocre, whatever you want to call it. So, Impact World Title Match. Alex Shelley successfully retained. His championship against Josh Alexander in a tremendous, 
main event. Tremendous match uh, from two guys, two of the best that Impact has to offer. And I think, I think Impact has figured out that one of the ways to get people talking about your product, get excited about your product, is to put your top guys at the top of the card. You know, don't screw around, don't mess around, you know, with, oh, we'll do these combinations and these weird things. Put your best wrestlers in the top positions and magically speaking, people are going to get excited about this. A lot of people in my circles were super stoked at the idea of Alex Shelley and 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 and, uh, and uh, Josh Alexander for the title in this spot because they were like, yeah, these guys are tremendous workers and they're going to give everything they can to make uh, to make this work. And they did. And it was tremendous. And I loved it. You know, probably the two best workers in Impact going at it. I don't know what more you want out of this. Fantastic opening sequence by the two. Getting things more and more heated as they go along. You know, they're... You know, they're doing the, you know, the testing the water stuff while poking the bear and poking and prodding and whatnot. And it turns into a strike exchange. It gets really heated. Alex Shelley starts working the arm. Josh Alexander, the knee. Did I say? Yeah, I said Josh. No, Jason. Josh Alexander, the knee. He, uh, Alexander leg laces Shelley around the post. And he does like a, uh, you know, he does the, 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 the inverted hanging sharpshooter. Figure four, I guess. Alexander lands a couple of German suplexes. Border City stretch follows by Shelly, but Alexander fights out of it. Both guys, they're just picking each other apart at this point. Open palm strikes by Shelly, uh, who gets knocked the fuck down by Alexander with just one crazy lariat. We get a chaos theory by Alexander. Uh, a, a slice bread off the post on the floor by Alex Shelley. Frog splash back into the ring and into another Border City stretch. But Alexander rolls into an ankle lock and then into a knee bar. Just uh, tremendous stuff. And Shelley fights out, knocking the headgear off of Alexander. He's pummeling him so hard, just flies the hell off. Alexander fi- fires off some elbows and some straight rights. Shell shock out of nowhere. Alex Shelley starts celebrating a little too much. And you're like, no, you have to cover the dude. What are you doing? But he lands a super kick and another shell shock. And he retains. Tremendous match. Absolutely tremendous match. Um, and a great way to, uh, to end this show. Uh, what more do you want? You just want great wrestling. And this show was a breeze. And this match was awesome. It lasted 22 minutes. And, and it didn't feel that long. Like 22 minutes for a main event already ain't so bad. It's fine. It's kind of standard fare for main events these days. But it didn't even feel like that. It was just great. Great, violent, well put together by two complete package pro wrestlers um and you know look i know like we we hear this a lot it's a bit of a it's a little rote bit of a but you know everyone always talks about oh 
send X to the G1. You know, I want the G1. I really want the Josh Alexander G1 run. I don't think there's any wrestler right now, not even Danielson, not even Claudio. And I know people are, big campaign right now for Claudio Castagnoli to get a G1 run. But quite frankly, I want the Josh Alexander G1. That's what I want. I want him to be put in a block with the workers. That's what I want. And I think it would be hot. Tremendous stuff. Alexander, Josh Alexander. Um, you know, this is where you can tell where someone watches Impact. When you're talking about some of the you know, some of the great workers, the great wrestlers out there, and Josh Alexander will pop into the conversation, right? But Josh Alexander, because Impact doesn't have the the spread that WWE AEW have, not a lot of people. Let me say that again. I think he, I think he becomes easily forgettable, and despite how great a wrestler he is, and that's a shame. I think people toss him aside a little too easily. They don't, uh, they don't keep up with his with his work. He is a tremendous pro wrestler. Like absolutely, absolutely tremendous pro wrestler. And isn't it kind of weird that since the North broke up, like he's the guy, even though his tag team partner went off to the bigger promotion, ended up being in the bigger spot, I think it is still Josh Alexander who is the most, the more successful Pro wrestler. Isn't that, isn't that isn't that interesting? And he's probably a guy where he's like, I, I don't necessarily want to go to EW, right? Maybe. He's king of the hill in, in, in impact. He's tremendous. There's people in AEW I'd like to see him fight. Don't get me wrong. I love to see him and Mox go at it like 20 minutes, mano y mano. Tremendous. Look, I, Josh Alexander is fantastic. And he's he's going to be the guy who's going to carry this, this, new, this new impact, right? This TNA resurgence. So after the dust settles on this great man event, and you know, we're talking about and Alex Shelley's fantastic as well, right? Like, don't and I he's a tremendous champion on top of that. But um after the dust is settled. We get we get a we get a a vignette, you know, and basically what happens here is Frankie Kazarian carries out a box out of the Lake of Reincarnation, and and he's basically carrying out the you know the the crate that contained TNA Total Nonstop Action out of it. They open it up to basically announce that Impact Wrestling is changing its name back to TNA Wrestling to the shock of everyone I'm like bold move cotton really so the rebrand we got some details since cuz i was just like what 
who? And they put out a press release. And so we got a little more details. And I thought there was going to, oh, this is going to be a one-time thing. You know, they're just going to do like a cutesy little TNA revival, one night only. You know, they, didn't they do that too? They did that. Anyway. But the rebrand goes into effect for real across the company next year at uh, Hard to Kill 2024, which is going to be in uh, Las Vegas on January 13th. Um, it will be the first time since 2017 that uh, the promotion is going to be referred to as TNA. In the press release, President Scott Demur said, quote, we still hear the TNA chants wherever we go. Fans have longed for TNA wrestling. So that's what we're bringing back in 2024. TNA wrestling, we're back. I think they're bringing it back. I'm not sure. I'd like him to say it one more time. Just to make sure it's clear. Um, company officials confirmed also that uh, the new year will launch a brand new look for TNA as well their uh you know entrance ramp turnbuckles the uh you know um and they're even going to be running they're going to start running larger quote unquote more prestigious venues so we're we're going to um we're going to uh we're going to go all out for this new for this new TNA here um Scott Demore today on October 24 was interviewed by Tom Hannafin, Hannafan, Tom Phillips uh, on their digital um, networks or whatever. Uh, and this is what he had to say. Yeah, well, there's a couple of quotes here that, 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 that stood out here. Um, in regards to, to the name change, uh, Demore said this. Quote, when I got here, here to Impact, and took over the helm into 2018, the company had gone through so much. It had been TNA Wrestling, then Impact Wrestling. Then I think it might have briefly been TNA. Then it was GFW. Then it was Impact. <laughs> Coming in. <laughs> oh, the GFW days. Coming in, the last thing it needed was another name change. What it needed was to figure itself out. What it needed was stability. It needed consistency. It needed respectability. And we spent a lot of time under the impact banner doing that. I think we've proven ourselves. But the fact is, when this company was formed, when this idea was first hatched, three men on a boat with Jeff Jarrett and Jerry Jarrett and Bob Ryder, it was total nonstop action wrestling. That's what they were looking for. And I think that while we found that stability under the impact banner, and very proud of that, I think what we have now is we're ready to go there and have our growth and our true success. Our true second golden era under our true name, TNA Wrestling. Talked about a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that we mentioned that, you know, that came out of the press release and, you know, changing uh doing a lot of cosmetic changes to to the ring and the ramp and whatnot but he also mentioned that there were going to be new belt designs so that's interesting for you know the hardcore belt nerds i like me a good belt design 
unless they're egregiously awful doesn't keep me awake at night doesn't doesn't you know I, whether they're good or not unless unless they're particularly like awful um so that's what he's got so so there'll be new belt designs but he made sure to say you know all oh, the lineages are the same everything's you know if anything i don't know scott if you're listening right now scotty scott man scotty do you're not listening at this point um bring back bring back the impact uh um uh wing uh, winged eagle version that you guys had which is still to this day one of the most one of the prettiest championship belts in the history of pro wrestling i thought that design was gorgeous So uh, so that's that's tremendous. And look, again, I mean, the way they're presenting it, you know, where they had all the, uh, all you know, a lot of stalwart. Like, look, there's no mistake why they had Frankie Kazarian come out of the Lake of Reincarnation. Well, I'm calling it the Lake of Reincarnation. But I think it makes it, like, I think that's some, I think that's some top-tier continuity there. Don't think that we're at the Harvey, Con- the Harvey, the Harvey, Jeff Harvey, right? The Hardy compound um specifically like i don't think it's you know but um you know i think it's interesting it's interesting that uh that scott demore speaking about how strong they feel and how saw on solid footing they are and honestly you know i've been i I said this at the start of the review and you know we're bringing it back here i i enjoy watching impact shows impact pay-per-views most of the time um you know there's the occasional one where you're like ah this one was a waste but overall like i i I, i've been telling you week after well month after month whenever i recap a show these shows are usually very good bound for glory a tremendous show like you could not have asked for a better show to make this type of announcement to say look we're on solid footing We've never been this stable. We've never been this 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 strong. We're moving into TNA. Like I believe it. Like I, I buy into it because this show was incredibly strong. This was a very good show. So everything sort of meshed together into a package where you sit back, you look at it, and you're like, you know what? Impact TNA, they're on really solid footing. It looks like a, it looks like it's a good time to try something new. Another golden era, as they call it. Uh, let's go. They have the talent for it. They have the people to pull it off. Uh, they've spent the better part of uh, the last few years rebuilding again uh, and creating this new subset of of superstars to help them carry over to the next into the next era, this golden era where they're going to be hitting up bigger venues. I mean, that's tremendous. It kind of ties into what we were talking about with the NWA earlier. It's like, I don't know how anyone can be mad at this. I don't know how anyone can be upset. More wrestling, more companies making more money, more opportunities for guys and gals to work at and make a make a living. If impact is on the is on the out and TNA's on the on the rise and making new opportunities and creating new places for people to wrestle and 
bigger venues, more money, everyone gets more money. Like, it's all positive. It's all good. Maybe we are in a wrestling boom and we just don't see Like, I hear that a lot and I'm not convinced. You know, I remember the last wrestling boom that, you know, this ain't it. <laughs> it's This is not it. But maybe we are. Maybe we're in some kind of low-key, uh, a very low-key uh, environment that is very rich with opportunities for wrestling promotions and wrestlers and wrestling fans to get to get their fill. You know, I I bet the people who are complaining that there's too much wrestling, I bet they were real upset about this. They're like, oh no, they're going to be bigger. Oh no, huh? Please don't add an extra hour a week. I can't cover wrestling anymore. It's tremendous stuff. I'm ha like I'm I'm excited for this, and I'm excited that uh, you know along with T uh, along with the N the NWA that TNA is solidifying its spot in the North American wrestling ecosystem, and I feel like it really does have a spot. It has it has this. I, I, and I think it's reached this sweet spot where it has like top tier talent, like really choice talent, people that could flip off, flip off is not the right word, that could just skip away to greener pastures on one of the bigger promotions, but don't feel tiny and don't feel small and, and, and are engaging in, in, in environments that allow them to be good at what they do and showcase what they do, right? Like we were talking about Sunny Kiss earlier. Like she's going, she's going to flourish in this type of environment. Absolutely going to flourish. So why not? Why not just go down that road with everyone? And it feels like it. It, it really feels like Impact is in this sweet spot right now, and they're going to capitalize on it. Bring back TNA. That's a hell of a choice, though. In 2023, you know, to bring back your promotion name, TNA, because we we know, we know when they were sitting around coming up with the name, wasn't like total nonstop action, or they were going, hee, hee, hee. <laughs> you know, and in the early 2000s, it was, you know, okay. Let's find the edge lords were everywhere these days. I because I had, I remember reading stories back then, you know, uh, about how the name TNA was in some circumstances was uh, was a deterrent for big time uh, big time uh, uh, advertisers or sponsors because. Well, because TNA, right? Or because you think, well, is this is this pornography? What am, what are we doing here? You know. I so I find it it's a I find it's a ballsy move, regardless in 2023 to do. I under, don't get me wrong. I understand the 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 uh, the affection towards the name. I absolutely get it, and 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 it makes sense. It is nonetheless a ballsy move. So, 
there you have it. TNA, Bound for Glory. A few news bits throughout throughout that as well. But uh, listen, I recommend the show. I recommend you watching the show. And if you if you don't have the time to sit down and watch, but it's like honestly, it is a breezy what three hours. It is a breeze of a three hours of pro wrestling to watch. Uh, but if you don't have the three hours, which I can understand, I think you absolutely have to seek out Mike Bailey and and Will Ospreay. And I'll even throw in uh, the main event, Alexander and uh, and Shelly. Uh, but Will Ospreay and Mike Bailey, that is, that's much must-watch stuff uh, for 2023. It has to be on your, it has to be in your, Linear eyeballs. Am I am I going to have my Battle of the Belts rant again? Are we doing... Is this where we're at again? Is this what we have to contend with one more time? I don't know what this show is for. I don't know who, what... You know, look. If you're listening to this on demand, we had a nifty little... We did a Q&A, a community Q&A on the live stream which is why you should join the live stream because there's all these great things happening that you're not that you're not into you just don't get to experience a neener 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 but when you do you know we had a nice little question where we were talking about whether or not rampage you know should be moved nights or should you should aw get rid of it would would aw be better off right for me it's battle of the belts i don't understand what this what this programming is for and you know I'm redundant with my rant, but I feel like we have to we have to recontextualize every time when Tony Khan announced, "Hey, we're going to be doing super cards on TNT and TBS or whatever and quarterly super cards battle of the belts." I was like, "This is exciting. I love the idea of bringing back the super cards one hour on, you know, on on cable TV uh and 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 you have yourself you know, uh, matches that you won't necessarily see, you know, for whatever. But you, you title cha- cha- challenges and whatnot. The World Heavyweight Championship has never been disputed on a Battle of the Belts. This is ridiculous, first and foremost. Um, we are currently, look, the last time a, 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 a title changed hands. On a Battle of the Belt show. Was on Battle of the Belts 2. And it was vacant. So no one lost the title. This is absurd. So I don't know what these shows are for. I don't know who they're for. And this show was marginally better than Battle of the Belt 7. Which I thought was the pits. But not really all that, like marginally better. But I'm not going to sit here and say this was a fantastic, it was not. This was a waste of time where nothing happened. And on top of that, the wrestling wasn't there. I thought this was a bad hour of pro wrestling. One shining grace in on this show but everything else, bad, disappointing. Like, it takes a special type of environment to get to make me 
dislike an Orange Cassidy match. Well, I thought, I like, I think this is his blemish on his fantastic run of 2023. This is the blemish, his match with John Silver. Oh, Warren, Warren, what? They had such a good final stretch, though. Not good enough to rescue the entirety of the match. You, you know what was most exciting about Orange Cassidy versus John Silver? It's John Moxley shoulder blocking, uh, uh, um, sh shoulder blocking Orange Cassidy walking back up the ramp as they crisscrossed each other at the entrance, and then they just got into it. That was awesome. This match was not. What is the opposite of awesome? That's what it was. You have CJ Perry showing up to, you know, to offer her services, her managerial services to Andrade. By the way, Andrade took a fucking beating against, against Danielson. Did you see how beat up the boy was? He got a big old knot on his forehead and he's got blemishes and his, his arm. Well, we already saw the welts on his arm from the match, but that guy got beat up. He got beat up. And she comes in and she says, I will make you the biggest star and the biggest champion and the most handsome man or something that have, the most handsome man in AEW. And, and Andrade standing there going, what? Me? What? And then and, and she fucks off and then Lexi Nair's there and, and Andrade's like, <laughs> you know, he doesn't know what to say and Lexi says, well, I think she wants to manage you. And passes the mic to, you know, she points the mic back at Andrade who goes, me? Why? <laughs> what a fucking failure of a segment. Like, what were we trying to accomplish here? That Andrade might be interested? That he doesn't quite understand what? Because it comes across as him. Look, if the idea was for Andrade, maybe his notes were, okay, she's going to come and offer you her services as a manager, but you don't quite understand why. But the way he delivered it, if that's the notes, that makes sense. But the way Andrade delivered it made it sound like, what the fuck does she want? Why? She wants to manage me? Why? What is this? I don't, like, it came across, it was a random segment, and all of this just compounded and made it feel even more random. I was funny as hell. Me? Hi. <laughs> Tremendous match, Danielson and Andrade, by the way. That was that was fun as hell, but anyway. Uh then we had a squash for the Ring of Honor World title. Samoa Joe versus uh, Tony Nice. It's fine. Uh, I guess the big story out of here is that Samoa Joe outright said, Max, I'm coming for you in the world title. This connects to my uh, Dynamite review from last week where I am completely digging this idea of MJF having to fend off challengers from all sides. This is dope as hell. This is what a, a world title should feel like. This is what, you know, big angry dudes should be doing in pro wrestling. 
She's like, no, I want to, I'm going to challenge for the world title. I'm fucking Samoa Joe. And, you know, and, it's like, and so on. And to, this is how it should feel like. You know, brochacho bullshit is exactly, you know, as per described here. The rest rules. This rules. All of this, Samoa Joe and just killing Nice and picking up the mic and cutting another tremendous, pro- like Samoa Joe should be AEW world champion. Does that, you know, he should, he should get a run with the belt. Because he's tremendous. Uh, then, then the beacon of hope on this show, Chris Statlander defeated Willow Nightingale to retain the TBS title. Match of the night. And I mean, it, I don't even think it's close. Um, and not a, not a great match, but a really good solid match. Like at least here, I'm like, this is entertaining. I had some fun, you know, from two, from, from. Two wrestlers who, you know, who are power-based. I dug it. Good, solid effort by both ladies here. Both focusing on their strength. We get a fun slam-off between the two, right? They're doing scoop slam. And then the other scoop slam. And then the other one's a scoop slam. Uh, you know, that's fun. You don't see it. You see, you know, chop trading and whatnot. You know, and kicks and all that. Strikes. But, uh, you know, a, a scoop slam-off? All right, let's do it. I liked it. They're kicking each other down. Somersault sent on by Statlander and a blue thunderbomb. Nightingale lands the pounce. Avalanche fireman's carry by Willow Nightingale. Cannonball in the corner, but Statlander. Oh yeah, the, the, the Statlander uh, lands a power bomb and uh, the 450. Not the what would have been the Saturday night special. It was on Saturday, yes. Um, yeah, she lands a 450 for the win. I liked it. I liked this. Thought it was good. Good little match. Solid. Well done. Well executed. Nothing wrong with it. No next gear. No next level. But good. Uh, and then they have the thing with the Sky Blue who uh, comes in to keep Willow Nightingale from shaking uh, uh, Chris Statlander's hand. But Willow shakes it anyway. Because I don't know if you if you lore nerds noticed. Because I did. I am king nerd lore here. Um, Willow, Willow got missed. Because it's all linked to Julia Hart misting people, right? But Willow refused to listen to Sky Blue and shook Statlander's hand regardless. Because, you know... She, the drippy shit under her eyes is not as drippy or or, or prevalent as uh, as on Sky Blue. Sky Blue, she's got lots of drippy shit dripping down her eyes. She's got a lot of it. But Willow, I think she only really had one under one eye and just a little bit like just, just really, you know, at the bottom. It didn't go past, you know, the ocular bone here. It's not the ocular bone, right? This is your skull. Your ocular... I guess the, the 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 crevice. What do you call this? The eye hole. <laughs> you know, there's a bone here, and, and, and I don't <laughs> I don't think it went further than that. It's just a little bit of dribble. Whereas you know, it's fucking you know Niagara Falls with Sky Blue. So Sky Blue, she's like 
full on mean because she's got all sorts of drippy shit. But uh, but uh, 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 um, uh, uh, Willow Nightingale, she's not completely mean here because she's uh, she's got uh, uh, not a lot of drippy shit. That's 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 the no, that's the nerd lore analysis for you. Uh, and then, uh, and then we had the trios, the world trios title match, the acclaimed defeated, uh, the JAS castoffs. I don't know. This, I couldn't care less. It, I don't think it was good. Uh, I, average stuff happening all centered around, all centered around Daniel Garcia dancing. Okay. All centered around Daniel Garcia. Da- there was, you remember when all this started, sports entertainment was the villain. This was the crux of, of, of um, look at what's happening here. Chris Jericho creates the Jericho Appreciation Society of Sports Entertainers and brings them all together to create a, a stable of sports entertainment within you know this, this weird promotion where wrestling is put first. And they recruit the purest upcomer in the in, in the purest upcoming pro wrestler in Dan Garcia to make him a sports entertainer, right? And he gets his heat with that and he starts to do the gyrating dance thing and all that stuff. Now, the cast-offs, the former cast-offs of the sports entertainment variety are now trying to keep the pure wrestler from doing sports entertainment. Now you would, th- and this is getting heel reactions from the crowd. Oh, how we have slipped down this hill. We have just tumbled all the way down into a trench of sludge. Because I don't understand what's going on anymore. No, I actually do. This is the direction AEW has gone. We have proof right here. Been talking about it, but this is significant. The JAS, who should be pro sports entertainment are keeping Daniel Garcia, the wrestler, the guy who we all saw as a pure wrestler, from doing sports entertainment. And the fact that they're keeping him from doing sports entertainment is getting booze from the crowd. Look, I'm just observing. I'm just pointing out uh, the plot holes in this story. Because then, because people come into, no, 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 it's still very much uh, pro wrestling. Why am I suddenly Dracula? No, 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 it is suddenly all pro wrestling. It is still pro wrestling and all elite wrestling. Blah, blah. <laughs> That's what Dracula tells me, you know, when he comes at night. Uh, I don't let him in. I don't invite him in. I'm not smart. But he stands by my window. Dracula stands by my window, you know, and he just asks me, you know, he's like, oh, what do you think about the Ivar singles run in WWE? I'm like, Dracula, I don't give a shit. But you have to have an opinion. I think it's pretty good. Dracula just wants to, he just wants to mark out with me. He's just there. Like, did you see Seth Rollins in his crazy outfit this week? Boobay! 
Dracula. Who cares? Go away. <laughs> you want to see? <laughs> you want to see my replica? My replica fiend uh, uh, world title? Just let me in. I'll show you. No, I'm. I no. You're barking up the wrong tree, Dracula. Fine. <laughs> Come back. Come back when you want to talk about Yumera. You, you, Yumera. Who? There you go. See? Hit the bricks, you casual. Go back to Transylvania with the other casuals. Blah. Anyway, Battle of the Belt sucks. It really does, and I don't know. Tony Khan doesn't give a shit about it. Doesn't care. I don't care. I don't know why you'd care. It stinks. It is a worthless hour of pro wrestling. There's nothing that comes out of it that's remotely interesting. Hit the bricks. Joseph Witheth is here, member of the Mr. One. <laughs> Mr. of the... <laughs> I can't talk. The Dracula bit broke me. There's, there's, there's something like infinitely sad about, you know, Lord of the Night, you know, the, the most famous of all vampires, you know, Vlad Tepes, Lord Dracula, standing at my window, you know, just talking to me about WWE angles. Yeah, he got the makeover thing because of J.C. Jane. I, Dracula! Who cares? She was trying out all of the outfits and they did a montage. It was fantastic. Blah. All right. And now we're going to wrap up the show previewing this weekend's New Japan Strong Show, Fighting Spirit Unleashed 2023. See how that works? Uh, it is uh, on October 28th uh, from Las Vegas, the Samstown Live. Um, good little card I find we have uh, we have going here. Uh, I'm really interested in it. It, sh it. it seems pretty exciting, and uh, and I'm excited. And I just realized if I just pull up. Because I have multiple sources to get these matches. But uh, there's one match glaringly missing here. This is not it. But it is more... Master Watto is such a handsome devil. Don't you find? Let's see. Okay, here we go. There we got it. I have it here. So, on the pre-show, in the kickoff match... We've got a strong survivor match. New Japan Dojo guys. Now, listen. I think we're going to have to pull a moratorium on making fun of NXT names. Because these new dojo names that have been coming out recently. They're on the same level. We have to be completely fair and objective here. Matt Vandegrift versus... Buck Skinner with a like Leonard Skinner S-K-Y-N-Y-R Matt Vandegrift versus Buck 
Skinner. I'm sorry, guys, gals, non-binary pals. This is like that. This is NXT name generator stuff. This isn't great, but uh, that'll be fun. Uh, they did that at the. Um, they did a that that same type of match uh, at the last strong show for the uh, during the uh, the opener. Uh, so you know some new up and comers, some fresh faces. Let's see what kind of uh, people are the dojo is pumping out these days. Buck Skinner, Matt Vandegriff. I don't know. Plugo from the Between Two Beards podcast has joined us. Nice to see you, pal. First match from the main card has the uh, is the uh, number one contendership four way match for the strong open weight title. We've got Fred Rosser versus Jeff Cobb versus Alex Coughlin versus Satoshi Kojima. Woo! Satoshi Kojima all over the place except main New Japan shows. <laughs> Noted Antonio Inoki lover, Satoshi Kojima, was on the Wrestle Dream card, the Antonio Inoki tribute show. And now we have, uh, we have uh, this, where he's in this four-way. Ah, this, honestly, this is going to be a blast. Like, I, this is what we're opening with. This is match number one on the card. Kojima, Cobb, Coglin. Rosser, this rules. <laughs> like off the bat, this is I, I'm excited for this. Bread club, bread club, all the way. Then we have a uh, tag team match: Stephanie Vakarin, Zeusis versus uh, Johnny, Robbie, and Yuvia. I believe you pronounce it. Um, CMLL folks, people that are uh, competing in the Amazonas tournament as well. Uh, I'm excited to see this. This is going to be Vaquer's uh, return to a New Japan strong ring. Uh, her first return to a New Japan strong ring since her match with uh, Mercedes Monet that kind of elevated her, uh, had her enter the zeitgeist. I don't know what what. How do we? Uh, how do you go about? this one i uh, like what what how do you explain this how do you say that entered the the consciousness of a lot of north american american fans so i have to stop saying north american when it comes to people who wrestle in mexico because mexico's in north america warren you have to stop being a stupid fucking asshole and and and, and, and a spaz dumbass okay stop saying mexico is not in north america warren thank you i will So this is good. Uh, look, Vaquero rules. She really does. Zeus is, uh, is is also very good, and Johnny Robbie is on is uh, is on the upswing. Like she's going to be wrestling a lot more in CMLL, and uh, she's I think she's three years in the business. So uh, a, a rookie, but seems to be showing a lot of promise. So, um, so there you go. I know it's all America from North America to South America. I know. I know. It's the Americans who, you know, decided to 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 grab that branding and call themselves exclusively Americans. You know, as if the 
as if the Venezuelans are not, that's, well, you know, I know American, the United States and Venezuela don't like each other, but still the Venezuelans could call themselves Americans because they're in South America and we're all Americans. Canadians could call themselves Americans if they really wanted to, but we don't. Anywho, Gabe Kidd versus Tom Lawler. I don't know, this feels kind of spunky. <laughs> is that a good, it feels like a lot of spunk. I think this is going to be a spunky match. Two guys who are not afraid to beat the, get the, beat the other guy up and get themselves beat up in the process. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. This, this card feels really good. Then we get a special eight-man tag uh, commemorating the 40th anniversary of Atlantis. Uh, you know, very well-known, famous, long career, 40, 40 years of, uh, of wrestling for Atlantis in Lucha Libre. So we're going to have Atlantis, Atlantis Jr., Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Mystico taking on Adrian Quest. Tiger Mask, Soberano Jr., and Rocky Romero. I wonder who the I wonder who the Technicos are in this show. <laughs> I mean, listen, you want you want to talk about baby faces? Tana, Mystico, Atlantis Jr., and Atlantis. And here's the thing: that Mystico is not even the guy who's going to be working least here. He's not even he's not even the the, the least mobile of the gang. Ah, this will be nice, right? Atlantis wrestling with his son, the ace of New Japan, uh, the most popular wrestler in Mexico. Versus the Rudos. I mean, the Rudos are going to eat shit. That's fine. Um, so that's fun. I'm excited for this. I get, like, this is just going to be nice. A nice tribute match. You know, Atlantis is going to score the win probably. Or, you know, they're all going to celebrate and, you know, everyone's going to... High five. It's going to be good times. And we have the the New Japan Strong Women's Title Match. Where Julia will be defending her title against Haiyan. I've always had a big soft spot for Haiyan. I think she's very good. I think she has a lot to offer. She's a very good package. I don't know why she's... Still slimming it on the indies for all these years. You know? Hey, hey, look... If there's one thing that I've that that uh, I, I think it's a shame uh, of how Ring of Honor went uh, with the the Sinclair with Sinclair going down and so on and so forth is that you know Hyann was for all intents and purposes going to be prominently featured on the women's in the women's division and you know that kind of bums me out. Hyann's fantastic. Then um, we got Julia who is you know a, a queen bee. She's tremendous. Uh, fantastic wrestler. Like, the more North Americans see Julia, the better for her because she is just absolutely going to devastate. She's going to tear. She's going to break some hearts. She's going to create legions of fans. I would not be surprised if Mercedes Monet, Mercedes Monet doesn't show up here because they have unfinished business. This is the match, right? Mercedes has got rid of the boot, and I believe she has. I think she's showing up. Might not get physical. I don't know if she's 100%, but uh, they probably have a timetable for this. And I know a lot of people are expecting her in AEW, but 
But I think, you know, you, you got to finish up your stuff in New Japan before we move on here. So, look, Julia's retaining. I, I think that goes without saying. But this should be a fun match. Should be fun as hell. And hopefully, Hayan gets a bit of a breakout moment like uh, Vakert did. That's what I'm hoping for. I, I, I don't know. I really like Hayan. Sue me. Then we have the strong open weight tag team titles. That'll be on the line. El Fantasma and Hikaleo taking on Alex Zane and Lance Archer. This should be a lot of fun. And you know what? You know, um, I think Hikaleo and Lance Archer in the same ring should be great. I think Lance is going to bring out some great stuff out of Hikaleo. I think the champs retain. This should be a lot of fun. Then uh, the strong open weight title where Eddie Kingston will finally be defending his title against Hanare. When I say finally, they've been they've been poking at this one since the G1, since uh, August. So, um, you know, we took a bit of a long winding road to get here, but we're here. I'm excited for this. Uh, you know, you know, Hanare is a big guy, hard hitter, brawler type, fits in well with Eddie. Eddie sometimes needs someone to, you know, to bring out the passion out of him. And I think a guy like Hanare might do it. I think we might be surprised at how good this match is. Like, it, it will really go either way. It's the one that it could fall off like it could be fantastic. But I think Eddie retains. Um, I, I think he's going to retain the open weight, the strong open weight championship until he drops the Ring of Honor title first. I think that's just how this is going to go, folks. Um, the LIJ duo of Tetsuya Naito and Hiromu Takahashi will be taking on Sanada. Big draw, man. Sanada and Yuya Yumera. Back in the U.S., he can't keep the guy away. He loves his uh, he loves his United States. He's already back, and uh, I am excited to see Yuya tear it up here. Um, probably with Hiromu, but I'm excited for this. Um, just like it could be. Here's the thing: it could also just be a bog standard road to tag team match. You know, just a thing that you see on a tour and ultimately ends up being a lot of nothing. But if I'm not mistaken, this is pretty high up on the card. Let me see, let me see, let me see. Yeah, it's second from the top. So, yeah. See this? Yeah, I mean, you, 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 I don't think, look, trying to say too many things at once. You'd think that they wouldn't do a road two match when you're second from the top, but, you know, Naito doesn't necessarily turn up for these types of matches. He's, you know, that's the kind of worker he is. He's going to play it smart, he's not going to do anything stupid. Nothing to jeopardize uh, the Wrestle Kingdom match. It's a big. It's going to be a big match for him. A big night. Doesn't want to fuck it up. Um, so I don't. 
as much as I'm looking forward to it, I'm not expecting anything really great out of it. But we'll see. You know, Sonata, Naito, Hiromu, they all have great chemistry. And Yuya, man, Yuya. 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 Uh, forgot a match on the uh, pre-show. Danny Lamlight, Royce Isaacs, and Jarrell Nelson. Isaacs and Nelson, of course. The West Coast Wrecking Crew. Be taking on Jacob Austin Young, Titus Alexander, and Balianaki. Good for Aki and Alexander on this one here. Happy for them. And uh, this will all be capped off with the never open weight championship where Tomatonga, the champion, will be defending against Shingo Takagi. This is it for Tama, right? Uh, we talked about this. Look, he's, he's, he's in the ring with one of the best wrestlers on planet Earth in Shingo Takagi. He's in good hands. They've had matches before. They need to rise above here. And this is the main event on a, on a stacked card on something that has a little something for everyone and overall is really well booked. Well, put together anyway. I'm excited for this show. I think it's going to be really good. Hope the main event delivers. Well, I'll be reviewing it next week. So, look. Thomas hit and miss. Shingo is fucking constant. He's the most consistent, consistently great guy that they have on this roster. And he had, does... I don't think he's winning the title. I think he's putting Tama over. I don't think they do this in North America, right? I don't think they, 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 they do a never title switch in North America. I don't think. On a strong show? I don't know. Well, I wouldn't think so. We'll see, but I mean, this is going to be fun. It's going to be a good. It's going to be a good. Uh, it's going to be a good main event. I think both guys look. Tama Tama's always in this position where he has a lot to prove, and Shingo just rules. And in the meantime, we're going to have Kazuchika Okada on Dynamite on Wednesday. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, is already done. But we're having Kazuchika Okada and and Orange Cassidy versus uh, what is it, Mox and Claudio? Is it Mox and Claudio or Danielson versus and Claudio? I don't remember. It's the BCC. And come on. Come on. There you have it, folks. The weekly wrestling inspection. We're, we're pretty much done here. pretty much done we're wrapping it up we're hitting the old dusty trail if you don't mind me using that expression and even if you mind it's too late now no tiki backsies thank you everyone first of all for joining me live as we uh, record this live every uh, Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern we always have a nice time and we had a nice group of people lots of people I hadn't seen in a while Pop in. Look, I get to know your faces. Well, not your faces, your name. I get to know everyone. So come on in if you ever have a chance. 7 p.m. Eastern, Tuesdays, youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. That's where we watch it. If you're watching this on demand, that's where we record it. But if you're watching this on demand, 
thank you very much nonetheless and uh, consider leaving a like any subscription here on the YouTube channel or if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application five star reviews at Apple Podcasts five star ratings on Spotify help out tremendously (laughs) they really do Uh, otherwise I will be back on Thursday for a AEW Dynamite review gearing up to be a really fun looking Dynamite so I'm excited to talk about it already on Thursday then I will be back Saturday on the YouTube channel gonna be live streaming my live video game play video game gameplay gameplay video live video game gameplay of the quarry an 80s slasher flick um decision-based video game if you want to pop in say hello I'm trying this out I don't know what it's what it's going to look like I don't know how it's going to be but I wanted to do something fun for Halloween so there you go that's what we're going to be doing we're going to be celebrating Halloween uh live with a video game live stream uh this Saturday so be sure to be there uh and uh Sunday for the collision review so there you go pack stuff always busy but always here for you, my A-plus audience. Thank you for joining this D-List podcaster. Once again, have a great rest of your week. I'll see you next time.